genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Return of the King, one incredibly fake looking fight at a time. I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Father David Mowry. Hello. Hello. Hit me. I want you to hit me. <laughs> Quick, Jerry's coming. <laughs> and t- now I'm just imagining there's another orc that just barges into Jerry's tent every day like Kramer on Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry! Oh uh, my goodness. Today, Boy. <laughs> today we're talking about Minute... He still has the hair, too. Uh, today we're talking about Minute 192 that starts starts with this orcish commander we lovingly named Jerry, noticing <laughs> Sam and Frodo. His eyes bug out of his head, perfectly on cue with a, with a, with a drumbeat in the music. Uh, and then he roars, and it ends with Sam and Frodo just kind of sneaking away over a little hill, mm-hmm. somehow miraculously. But yeah, this the sound effect of of Jerry screaming. <laughs> it to me, it sounds straight out of Jurassic Park. They just lifted a dinosaur roar. There's even like this little trill and this growl that builds up to yeah. it, like one of the little frilled dinosaurs. <laughs> so yeah, because I met. It sounds like. A lot of Jerry's dialogue is is ADR in this scene. Yeah, they had to go back and and dub it in later, which I'm not surprised. There's so many extras in this scene; the dialogue would just get so lost in all those bodies. But at the beginning, it's like, okay, just make some kind of roar. Ah, all right, well, we'll fix that in post. And they went through like, okay, it's scary roars. MP3. Ah, okay, yeah, okay. There's, uh, no, not that one. No, not that one. Oh, all right, let's go with this one. They, to me, it it sounds more like something from Star Wars, like uh, the the big rhino like the beast, like well, yeah. like the Rancor or the or the Reek from uh, Attack of the Clones. Oh my goodness! Just like just some, just some, some big beefy alien kind of thing that just and you know i gotta i gotta give it to jerry that kind of sound is difficult to produce he really had he had good breath support and excellent use of his diaphragm especially without a nose all the (laughs) yes i that's exactly he has so few so so many uh fewer resonant spaces in his head so really has to work his chest cavity a lot better so his voice (laughs) coach is very proud of him in this moment (laughs) absolutely I like I like his little head tilt before his eyes open and we see that like one of his um one of his eyes just just is missing a pupil. Like, it's all glazed scarred, over white. Scarred over. Yeah. But I like the little head tilt because I think it adds to the whole dinosaur thing. It's what very the, much like a rap like a raptor, you know? Yeah, clever girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm That's just, what I'm Sam just, whispers just scrolling to back and forth. Just I'm just scrolling back and forth, watching him, his head tilt from side to side. Like, what is it? I can't tell. But yeah, he's like he's like a dog. Like, what is this new thing that I can't figure out? Wait, and then the eyes open. It's food. That's what it is. <laughs> it's small and weak. <laughs> Perfect. These are the ones who are going to fail the inspection. In heavier quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just. <laughs> Just Jerry. So funny. When he's and he's so pissed off. He's so angry mm-hmm. when yeah. 
he, his eye finally opens. So there is just something about these two little weaklings that really grinds his gears. Maybe he just thinks they're goblins trying to fit in. And he's just not going to have any of it. <laughs> oh, those flipping goblins again. Oh, do you know how much of a mess they make? Just paperwork for days. Requisition forms, everything. immunization records, right? the Did travel get, visas. Does this goblin have his vaccines? Did he get his rabies shot? <laughs> we don't want no Moria goblins here. Is this a registered goblin? Because they, they bring cave rot with them, and then you just, you can't get the stink out of the caves for weeks. <laughs> but, <laughs> if you remember but, what happened back in April? We don't want that to happen again. It's worse than why we bucks. have a process. <laughs> yeah, and then the Frodo's like, hit me, Sam. Yep. Well, this, I'm very impressed with how quick Frodo thinks of this. Yeah, just start a fight. It'll He's be very fine. clever. clever. Um, I like how the orcs immediately surrounding them get so excited and they form a ring and they're just really pumped that there's a Hell fight yeah. happening. Fight, yeah. fight, fight. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just like in Kirith Ungle. Yeah. Yeah. Riot? Who wants to riot? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Tur- turns out all orcs are just soccer hooligans. Uh, yeah. Just, <laughs> just a single punch away. Just mm-hmm. one punch away from just a riot in the streets. That's just, that's just well, the life they lead. Well, it's like, I, I don't know if this is your experience, Norman, but as a former boy being on a grade school playground, anytime there was a fight, all the boys whoop, just immediately form a yeah. ring. <laughs> nope, crowd. And egg on whatever's happening. Uh, right. part, partly to, to slow up the teacher who's trying to, you know, trying to pull a Jerry and just kind of work their way through the crowd <laughs> to break it up. Yeah, no, you Someone's trying to delay the teacher. There's always someone that ran off to go tell them, but they're going to just keep talking to them. Mm-hmm. You know, you got because everybody wants but to two watch. Little guys, they want to see and, what happens. And one of them looks really tired, and 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 I told them not to do it, and they they really said that uh, your breath stank, and that you know, you were you were really dumb. But that that was just them. It was me. I I, I just wanted to make sure that you really knew, Mr. Jerry, uh, how how mean they were being. Uh, oh my gosh, oh, they're still fighting. Okay, well let me keep going. Growing up in, in northern New England, uh, in the wintertime, this was even more common, especially when there were hills of snow on the edges of the playground from plowing. Oh, yeah. King of the hill time. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, it was the same growing up in the suburbs of Chicago. King of the hill you, you always leads perfect. to a fight. Always. Of course. <laughs> it's, what, it's, what, it's what has to happen. It's just, it's the law of the playground universe. Playground hierarchy. It's like <laughs> recess. <laughs> Get to the highest point to establish dominance. You have to have the high ground. <laughs> exactly. I love the phrase "former boy." <laughs> well, now, well, because now I'm a man. I'm a man now. I'm not a boy anymore. <laughs> and I go on podcasts and talk about Lord of the Rings one minute at a time, like a man does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> But yeah, then they have they have the fakest looking fight in in a movie, yeah. which includes know. incredibly fake fight choreography uh, back in in the Great Hall of Metacell with Legolas. True. <laughs> the orcs are. Yeah, so- they're really they're really no selling this fight. I don't think Sam and Frodo have a future in in professional sports entertainment. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, we saw a drop kick fifteen minutes ago. Come on, yeah. guys. He really slouched. Up your game. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, like I said, I'm I'm very impressed with how quickly Frodo thinks of this, and it, it's mm-hmm. a nice moment of agency in the movie because in in the book, it's Sam who has the 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 quick insight to take advantage of the situation. In the book, there are a bunch of orc battalions that are coming together at a crossroads and there's a big jumble of confusion and there's an argument between the commanders and Sam takes the opportunity to grab Frodo and basically just throw themselves off the side of the highway and hide in the yeah. ditch next to it and then slowly crawl away. So it's nice that we have this, uh, rather than a providential setup, there's a, an agency to this that that's really refreshing to see. And it shows that Frodo is not totally gone yet. He is not so overcome that he can't think through what the best next step would be. So we're not yet at the point where Frodo has to rely entirely on Sam for everything, but we're getting pretty close. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just always on the edge of of view. I think by the end of this week, definitely. Yeah. By the end of this week. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, you're right, because in the in the book, as soon as they leave Kirith Ungol, Frodo has pretty much no agency until they get to Mount Doom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because of the, the ring weighs so heavily on Frodo as soon as he takes it back from yeah. Sam. It's all he and can do to resist so the temptation. And he's still so wounded from the sting from mm-hmm. Shelob. Yeah. It's just all these different things. They're out of food. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the book, it's it's easier to to let that pass. But in the movie, it would be like, okay, Frodo's just kind of there again. Uh, all right, how how many more hours do we have with Frodo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Okay, come on, just shambling along. Now, now I've said so. I've said my nice thing about Frodo's plan. Now, now I'm going to give my criticism. I, I don't think this is a very good plan. <laughs> No. I mean, great that you were able to come up with it in the moment, but the last thing that Frodo and Sam wanted to do was draw attention. Attention to themselves, yeah. <laughs> right? What's What stopped this another orc from just stabbing one of them to stop well... the fight? <laughs> <laughs> or just getting into it and you know, being friendly, right? which is just jabbing a knife into someone's ribs in Mordor. Not <laughs> just one being neighborly. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. I guess they've already, like, gotten the attention of this inspector so i, I don't know i guess the 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 fight serves as the distraction yeah general inspector jerry <laughs> oh he got a promotion a special inspector oh. <laughs> special there yes of course yes he is look i mean because look at that face that has special inspector written all over it right well and, and what the fight does is that it sh- it shifts it the fight shifts the attention to the the orc sergeant or the driver the the whip cracker whatever his official title is whatever it's going to say on his pension check uh and he gets in trouble for (laughs) taskmaster uh oh the black widow movie was delayed that makes me sad anyway uh the (laughs) uh yeah so that so now of course jerry's going to what complain to management he is going to deal with the hierarchy as it's supposed to he's not going to directly counter uh he's not going to uh reprimand the soldiers no 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 we're going to go to management and deal with this like civilized orcs now, obviously the taskmaster <laughs> right. is not doing his job and needs to get this rabble under control yeah the manager goes to your supervisor goes to your team lead comes to you <laughs> so it, it, it was in the org chart that jerry set out on that dead fox last week everyone needed to read it this is what we're doing going forward i don't see what's so difficult to understand about this right 
Haven't any of you maggots ever read an org chart? (laughs) (laughs) Oi. What does it say on my badge, Special Inspector? That's right, Special Inspector. (laughs) He's specially good at inspecting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You're a taskmaster. One more slip up and we'll make you a menial taskmaster. (laughs) (laughs) We'll ship you back down to the (laughs) mailroom. Sorting dead foxes. (laughs) Oh yeah, there, when Jerry gets back to his desk, there is a really nasty memo that he is going to be sketching out, and it's just Ew. really going to, yeah, it's it's gonna there's gonna it's gonna be written in pus, and it's just gonna be really something the goblins down the mailroom are not going to be happy about shuttling around. But look, when the process breaks down in one part, everyone has to suffer. That's the rule of the Mordor bureaucracy. We make life difficult yep. for everyone so that we all learn our lesson. The outcome doesn't matter. The rules must be followed. <laughs> it is the process. We must follow the process. All hail the oh, process. Oh, murder really is hell, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's like that that's my personal hell. All hail the process. No, please. Personal no, freedom. No, please, no. <laughs> but it works. This plan works, I guess. They they sneak yeah, away. Against against Sam gets whipped again a little bit. Sam is the one who keeps getting hit by this guy. Well, he's got he's got a little extra armor with all of his pots and pans, so I'm sure he's fine. Right? Maybe that's the thing that tipped the inspector off. He's just like, what the heck's an orc doing with all that? <laughs> those are Arsenal nice. I want those. <laughs> Contraband! Don't Where's they, your G9? Don't they, need a, don't they need a camp cook, though? Like, oh, orcs gotta eat. I don't think orcs cook much. <laughs> yeah, that I was gonna say. What what would an orc be cooking? <laughs> that would just delay the eating process, and meat. we must follow like the process. On the menu. I mean, they tear another one limb from limb and eat him raw. No, I know, I know. <laughs> no, those are Urukai, though. That's. Uh, I wonder how many of the orcs join in. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think those other orcs are going to be picky. Meat's back on the menu. They don't care. <laughs> it was off the menu for a while, but hey, it's back. But uh, it doesn't look the like McRib anyone's is getting. Back. Any... <laughs> my goodness so i i spent a little bit of time just trying to look at the inside of this tent that frodo and sam sneak into but there's there's no there's no discernible decor there's not even a sleeping orc who just kind of rolls over as they they walk through so I, I have to just think that this is Jerry's office, given no other evidence. <laughs> right. They're just they're just heading through it. What we don't yeah. see is the desk on our on the fourth wall side of the Yes. <laughs> it's got a nice yeah, that has, skull that has paperweight. The, mm-hmm. And the family picture of all of Jerry's family, of course, none of them have noses. <laughs> oh, you know what? The the guy with the, the skull on his helmet, he doesn't have much of a nose either. Oh. Maybe he's Jerry's brother. <laughs> He's not going to come home. Oh. Sorry, Jerry. Oh. And he has mom's well. skull. <laughs> how did how did that one end up with with mom's skull and not Jerry? <laughs> it's a point of contention in the family. <laughs> yeah, like, well, it's clear who's the favorite. <laughs> Jerry's the older brother. He was always the responsible one. He always played by the rules, you know, just thinking he would get advanced up the, the, the evil army ladder. 
but his younger brother was real hot shot, uh, played by his own rules. He was a loose cannon. And you know, there was just that, that one darn captain who liked the cut of his jib. And mom was so proud because he got promoted before him. And Jerry just felt like mom never appreciated his work <laughs> as special inspector. I think, I think we got it. We nailed it right on the head. Oh, oh right. boo. A little on the nose. Oh, boo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, then Jerry's looking around like, where'd they go? I swear there's something here. Where'd they go? But they will write you. It's like, I'll write a report later. Later. Reform the line. (laughs) Jerry doesn't want to. This shows how much the orcs pay attention because this taskmaster doesn't notice that the two orcs with the most ridiculous masks available have disappeared. (laughs) Right, surely they would be noticed, given how much grief they were they were given before. All right, where are my favorite punching bags? Hey, wait a minute! (laughs) They've scarpered off. I know they're not sneaky about it either. No. I mean, they they are, but like they are. Well, those pots and pans on, on <laughs> right? Sam's bag are just a dead right. giveaway. It's just the natural sneakiness of halflings. I guess. Yeah, they don't even have their elvish cloaks anymore, so it's nope. not like they can use those. Nope they just they just crawl away through the tent. <laughs> a tent with nothing oh right, inside. I forget. Yeah, that's right. That's one one of the differences from the book because in the book. Basically, all Frodo is wearing is that elven cloak mm-hmm. with uh, an orc cloak over the top of it. Yeah. But and he's uh, so cold. I guess they didn't. Yeah. Well, they we're, we'll get. Yeah, I wonder how cold it gets in Mordor. There are no wind breaks. You know, you've got yeah. some nice sheltering for this road, at least. You know, some nice high embankments on either side. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much a, a desert works project that, yeah. I mean, maybe the the road is a result of a public works project that Jerry was in charge of. <laughs> well, in in uh, in the book, the the road to Mount Doom is described for about three hundred words about how long it is and how well maintained it is, and that it exists as a as a road just for Sauron. Oh yeah, the one up the mountain. Yeah, the one that goes up the mountain. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's just like three hundred word description of the origin of this road. <laughs> Thanks, Tolkien. Great job. But I love stuff like that, even though, as I pointed out when we were on Talking About Pod, there are 24 proper nouns on that one page. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, he loves his proper <laughs> nouns. That's a lot. And he agonized over each of those names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though he also just capitalizes mountain when referring every, to Mount Doom. Every single thing needs to have at least three names. Well, yeah. In, we know this by in, now. In the common tongue. <laughs> And then in both forms of Elvish. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just everything. Well, it's one of the things that that's one of the things I love about Tolkien because he's able to steep himself in a pre-industrial mindset. He's able to steep himself in that mindset of medieval literature, which he'd studied and knew so well. Mm-hmm. And in uh in a in that time the importance wasn't in having a single name that you could slap like a label on something and then brush your hands of it you needed to have different names for things because i think there was a sense that the pre-moderns had that you couldn't quite grasp the fullness of a thing with just a single name you needed to have 
you know, names like Mount Doom and the Mountain and Orodruim and and all these other names for things because you you had a multifaceted reality in the thing, and the name only gave you a, a, an insight into one aspect of it. And so mm-hmm, I yeah. enjoy those multiple names in Tolkien precisely for that reason. It also gives the world of Middle Earth so much life that there are so many people just that live and encounter the world as a thing that of course the you know the mountains are going to have different names you know i'm i'm sure that you have different names for the same mountain on either side of the alps for instance you know on the german speaking side and the italian speaking side you'd have the same mountain but different names and each name reveals something different about this mountain which stands independent of the languages mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah that make that makes it, it gets a little tiresome to read, of course, but I I like it. But I'm a nerd. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Like that's that's the thing that that I always appreciate about Lord of the Rings is how filled out the world felt, despite how little of it you really interact with in the story. It just feels like there's so much more just outside your grasp when you're reading the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's a really hard thing to pull off without. Uh, writing your own hundreds of thousands of pages of backstory <laughs> for this world uh, and then writing a story that's 1200 pages long but in a tiny little slice of that same world mm-hmm. uh i love that in the appendices for the the book of the lord of the rings it sums up this whole epic that we've walked through in about a paragraph like oh and then frodo came from the shire and threw the ring into mount doom and sorrow was overthrown all right but let's let's talk about the witch king of angmar huh just pages yep yeah pages and pages of backstory well it's as tolkien himself said the lord of the rings isn't a sequel to the hobbit it's a sequel to the silmarillion Mm -hmm. and the hobbit just helped helped him get a feel for the hobbits as the main characters for the story to see this titanic battle of good versus evil from the place of humility and that that place of weakness because As you know, sometimes uh, I I work with with seminarians um, and who are men who are preparing for the priesthood. And uh, being nerds like me, they love the Lord of the Rings. And they talk about oh how how great Gondor is, and, you know how great it would be to be in the armies of Gondor and yada yada. And I say, okay, but you realize right that in Tolkien's understanding of this mythological stru- structure, we are not the men of Numenor. We are hobbits. That that's who we are. We we came from the <laughs> Hobbit. We didn't come from the men of Westerness. We're not that cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're just the everyday folk. <laughs> that's right. We like to eat and sleep and keep track of our family trees and gossip. You know the simple yeah. things. And in in Tolkien, those are such good, pure things that express a way of life that's only possible because of the valor of the men of Gondor. You know, as, yeah. as the rangers said, you know, how many vigils we kept on the borders of their land without them knowing. And yet I don't begrudge them for it. it it's, it's worth it to see them free and happy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, this story is about the power of everyday people to do great things mm-hmm. because they they believe in it and they believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. That's the whole point. Mm hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's there's much else to touch on today. I think we've explored a wonderful day in the life of Jerry, the special inspector. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be we'll be moving on from him now. <laughs> Godspeed, Jerry. Right. <laughs> uh, well, but, but 
before we move on, I just wanted to drop another little Catholic crumb here, um, just out of Cath- uh, Tolkien's kind of Catholic imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how much you've you've talked about the the Lembus bread in the podcast so far, um, but in Tolkien's imagination, the Lembus is a, a pretty clear stand-in for the Eucharist. Uh, first, just in the way that it's talked about, it's talked about as whey bread uh, right. that's meant for travel. I don't think we've in... talked about that once. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, great. Then <laughs> strap in, everyone. Uh, but uh, you just—that just instantly clicked in my mind. Of yeah, course it is. Yeah, of course. It's. I feel silly yeah. now. Not... <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> well, like like I said, we we get so caught up in the story that Tolkien created that we fail to appreciate how the world that created Tolkien influenced his imagination. And Mm -hmm. for Tolkien, as a devout Catholic, the Eucharist, that celebration of the Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples, when Jesus took bread and said, take this, all of you, and eat of it, this is my body, that is central to the Catholic imagination. And it shows up in the Lord of the Rings in the form of this lembus bread. Um, first, in the way that it's talked about as whey bread, uh, not just cram, but uh, bread that is meant for the journey, meant to sustain you. In the Catholic way of talking about the Eucharist, we have an understanding of Eucharist as viaticum, coming from the Latin for via cum, on the way. And so the the Eucharist is given to people who are about to die as way bread for that final journey as they cross over to the other side. And in the Catholic tradition, we use unleavened bread in order to Mm -hmm. evoke the Passover tradition of the Jewish people. For before the Israelites left Egypt, they ate a meal of unleavened bread because we didn't have time to wait for the dough to rise. we got to bake this and get ready to go at a moment's notice. And so there's always been, in the Catholic understanding, this connection between the Eucharist and being on the way, that we are not yet arrived at where we are supposed to be. And that carries over into Tolkien talking about you know, and the, Tolkien talking about Lembus, and it's not just whey bread. Of course, it's Elvish whey bread, which is oh my gosh, it's so cool. Um, and <laughs> right, there's something clearly the book, magical about it. Yes, of course, because it's Elvish, and you know, which and I always love whenever Sam's oh, are you going to do some magic, and elves are like, I don't know what you mean by magic, but I mean we made it, so you know, sure, you can think of it as magic if you want, Hobbit. Okay, whatever. Um, and Country in in the, the right. tech. Yeah, but, you know, he's harmless. He's, he's nice enough. In the book, uh, as Frodo and Sam continue on into Mordor, they only have the Lembus to sustain themselves. And mm-hmm. uh, it uh, Tolkien talks about how the, the Lembus has a potency that increases as travelers rely on it alone and do not mix it with other foods. And that, to me, speaks to Tolkien's faith in the Eucharist, that the Eucharist as a symbol and sacrament of the abiding presence of Jesus in his body and blood to his church, of course, the more you rely on Jesus for Tolkien, the more potent that sacrament is going to be for you as you trust it more and more and set aside other foods, quote unquote, and just look to God for that daily bread. And the effect of the lembus on those who eat it, it gives a mastery uh, over the will. It feeds the will and gives a mastery over uh, muscle and sinew over the body. And 
here there's there's a, a Catholic understanding of uh, gaining self mastery through self denial. Uh, I am able to better understand myself as a human being in relationship to God and to others if I'm able to set aside other good things. So if I set aside uh, other comforts like you know, Netflix or YouTube or food or drink or sleep, or you know, if I'm able to control those appetites, I gain a mastery over myself. And then I'm, I'm able to do more precisely because I have denied those uh, indulgences. And so uh, there's that, that, that value of abstinence, of going without for the sake of spiritual discipline shows up in, in a very uncomfortable way for Frodo and Sam. They don't have a choice. They have to right. trust the Lembas. They've got no other option. Right. But in that, uh, in that trust and in relying on the Lembas and not complaining about it, and you know, in the book, it talks about now Sam, it didn't stop Sam from dreaming of other foods, of course, because he's a hobbit. What else is he going to do? He still experience he experiences that that self mastery that comes through it. Um, and like I said, the Lembus isn't it's a it's not a one to one because, of course, Tolkien hated allegory. He, right. he always despised yeah. any any hint of it. And so if you ask, oh, so is the Lembus the Eucharist? He's like, well, no, of course not. That's silly. It's a symbol, perhaps. It's it's a foreshadowing because Tolkien was working off of mythic structures. And he would see, even in the pagan myths like the Vulcan saga or Beowulf, he would see hints and foretastes of the Christian story, of the story of Jesus. And so as he writing his as he's writing his own myth, he is going to weave those things in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Some, that's some, very cool. Yeah, that's some good stuff. <laughs> that's exactly why we why we wanted you on the show. Yeah, uh, I, I do. These kinds I, honest, of I, I feel kind of dumb for not. No, I know for real. The, the Lumbus, <laughs> thing. I don't know. Why I never thought about that before. Yeah, I just just totally had my head in the story and not thinking about thinking about that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thank you for that. Learn something new every day. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, we'll be back tomorrow to keep talking about Lord of the Rings. But in the meantime. If you head to duelinggenre.com, you can check out some other non-movies by minutes podcasts like the Protagonist Podcast, Doctor's Companion, uh, Tales from the Short Box if you're interested in comic books, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute is currently doing a live play podcast of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, RPG. So that sounds very silly. Check that out. Uh, and yeah, we'll be we'll be back with Father Maori tomorrow to keep talking about Lord of the Rings. Bye. Bye.